0: It's November fourth, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. Chris Kotnor is out on special assignment. Our top stories from international outlets this morning: The Jung Ang Daily is reporting that defense chiefs from South Korea and the United States announced yesterday that U.S. strategic assets will be continuously deployed to the Korean peninsula as they warned North Korean leader Kim Jong-un his regime would end if he used nuclear weapons against Seoul or Tokyo. Speaking at a joint press conference at the Pentagon after the 54th security consultative meeting between the Allies, South Korean Defense Minister Lee jong Sup said he and U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin promised to employ U.S. strategic assets to a level equivalent to constant deployment by increasing the frequency and intensity of strategic asset deployment in and around the Korean Peninsula. The U.S. Defense Secretary also warned in a joint communique issued after the security consultative meeting that any nuclear attack against the United States or its allies and partners, including the use of non-strategic nuclear weapons, is unacceptable and will result in the end of the Kim regime. Imran Khan, the former prime minister of Pakistan, has sustained a bullet injury in his leg after a gunman opened fire at a rally in the country's east. The cricketer-turned-politician who was leading a protest march demanding snap elections, was out of danger and taken to a hospital in Lahore for treatment. An official with Khan's Pakistan Tariq-e-Insof party confirmed to Al Jazeera. A total of 14 people were wounded in the incident, according to doctors, while one of Khan's supporters died after sustaining bullet wounds. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Shabazz Sharif, issued a statement condemning the incident and asking authorities to immediately launch an investigation. The Moscow Times, a liberal Russian newspaper, is reporting that Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky accused Russia of energy terrorism yesterday night after renewed strikes on the country's energy infrastructure left some 4.5 million people without power. Russian strikes over the past month have destroyed around a third of the country's power stations. The government has urged Ukrainians to conserve electricity as much as possible. As fighting focused increasingly on Russian-held Kherson, Kyiv also condemned the mass forced relocation of its citizens living in regions occupied by Russia. Moscow-installed authorities in Kherson said last week that 70,000 civilians had left their homes on the right bank of the Dnipro. Elsewhere, Chinese President Xi Jinping received German Chancellor Olaf Scholz in Beijing this morning in the first visit by a leader of a G7 nation to China in three years, according to Deutsche Welle. The German leader also held talks with China's Premier Li Keqiang on the one-day trip. The visit comes shortly after Scholz, despite objections from many in his cabinet and ruling coalition, pushed through a controversial deal to allow Chinese state-owned shipping company Costco to buy a minority 24.9% stake in one of Hamburg's port terminals. Scholz had vowed to discuss difficult issues with Chinese leaders, including the status of Taiwan, human rights in Xinjiang, and the war in Ukraine. Israel's Haaretz reports that Likud leader Benjamin Netanyahu and his right-wing allies won a decisive majority in Israel's election, a final vote count yesterday shows. Left-wing party Moretz was just a few thousand votes short of making it into the next Knesset, ending a three-decade-long era of political representation. Outgoing Prime Minister Yair Lapid called Likud's Benjamin Netanyahu yesterday to congratulate him on his election victory. Israel is above politics, Lapid said, adding that he is prepared for an orderly transition of power. See the full makeup of the next Knesset by clicking the link in the show notes. Reuters is reporting that yesterday, Colombia's Congress approved a tax reform bill that will raise an additional $4 billion annually for the next four years, in part through increased duties on oil and coal. The new law, which is the centerpiece of new President Gustavo Petro's economic policies, seeks to fund social projects and put the country's public finances in order. But it has also been heavily criticized by business lobbies who argue that the levies on the country's top exports will discourage investment, while uncertainty over the bill has contributed to a steep decline in the peso, with the currency hitting a historic low earlier in the day. In addition to duties of up to 10% on coal and up to 15% on crude oil when prices go above a certain level, the law will impose higher taxes on people who earn more than 10 million pesos, about $2000 per month, as well as on single-use plastics, sugary drinks, and ultra-processed foods. FIFA has written to all 32 teams competing at the World Cup, telling them to quote, "Now focus on the football," following a controversial build-up. The BBC reports that peaceful protests have been planned by some players. The letter, signed by FIFA President Gianni Infantino and Secretary General Fatima Samora, and seen by the BBC, reads, We know football does not live in a vacuum, and we are equally aware that there are many challenges and difficulties of a political nature all around the world but please do not allow football to be dragged into every ideological or political battle that exists. It adds, at FIFA, we try to respect all opinions and beliefs without handing out moral lessons to the rest of the world. No one people or culture or nation is better than any other. This principle is the very foundation stone of mutual respect and non-discrimination. I usually only comment on our top stories, but this one really got me going this morning. Of course, FIFA shouldn't be handing out moral lessons, as they are one of the most corrupt institutions in the world, and the whole reason we have a World Cup in Qatar is because of bribery. However, athletes should use their platform to stand up for their beliefs. When are we going to talk about human rights in Qatar if not when the world's largest spotlight is on them? In lighter news, we have an unbelievable story from California. UPI reports that a bear paid a visit to a cafe and was caught on camera stealing cookies before being ejected by police. An employee at the Nestle Toll House Cafe by Chip at Heavenly Village in South Lake Tahoe captured photos and videos when a bear barged into the business about 7 p.m. Wednesday the bear climbed onto a counter and ate some cookies while employees waited for police to arrive. After officers arrived, they were able to chase the bear out of the business. That's all the news we have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at the DSRnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. This weekend, we'll speak with Scott Bade, a senior analyst in the geotechnology practice at the Eurasia Group, about Musk's takeover of Twitter. If you're a member, send us an email or head to the Slack to share your questions with us. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.